From Finance and Commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers. I'm David Bolander, editor of Finance and Commerce. Thanks so much for joining. Beyond the Skyline is sponsored by Ironmark Building Company. Whether it's a new luxury apartment building in the North Loop or expanding the community in the suburbs, Ironmark builds quality projects for discerning clients. Ironmark's foundation is built on a culture of collaboration with clients and projects that stand the test of time. Talk to Ironmark's award-winning team about your next construction project today. Go to ironmarkbuildingco.com. In this episode, Bill Catter, a partner at Interstate Development, talks to FNC reporter Brian Johnson. Catter talks about his new duties with Interstate, his experience working on the massive RBC Gateway project when he was at United Properties, and the dire straits the commercial real estate industry faces over the next 18 months. Hey, I'm pleased to be joined by Bill Catter, a partner with Interstate Development here in the Twin Cities and commercial real estate veteran, long time, um, 18 plus years, I believe, with United Properties. Is that right, Bill? Yep. Um, And also a a Power 30 honoree with finance and commerce. So Bill is uh, very familiar to people in the industry and, and readers of finance and commerce. And so thank you for joining me today, Bill. And how are you doing on this Friday morning? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Great. Well, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit just to get things rolling. Um, First of all, you made the transition from United Properties to Interstate. When did that happen exactly? Yeah. At the end of last year, um, I made that transition, Brian. And, you know, it's this, this kind of reflects a general topic we can talk about here. But, you know, You've seen what's happening, I think, in general in the economy and with interest rates and banks. And, um, you know, the fact of the matter is development uh, is is very difficult right now. Um, It's going to be very challenging to make money in development over the next couple of years. And, um, you know, I would say it was an appropriate time for me to transition. I'm I'm 56. I had run a very large development company for a very long time. And it was an appropriate time for me to transition into, I would say, becoming an owner of the real estate and not necessarily just an employee. So it was an exciting opportunity for me. Also knowing that, you know, the, the work I was doing as a developer running a really big development company was probably not going to be the same. The outlook was just not going to be the same in the business for development. And so my work at Interstate, <clears throat> we, you know, we have nine buildings under contract here right now. We're busy buying real estate. And the reason we're doing that is because prices are down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Interstate uh, is a pretty large company, actually. And I'm, I'm not an investor in every single building of theirs by any stretch, but they they have over 50 buildings and growing. And um and we're we're all about uh, buying buildings, you know, below replacement value. Uh, good good buildings. Uh, we're good, we're good at finding tenants. Sometimes the buildings we buy have tenants, and um, and of course um, we like the fact that existing buildings have immediate cash flow, and and there's some tax benefits um, in terms of depreciation for buying existing buildings. 
And so it was just a good time, and by my estimation, to get into buying buildings and um, creating value and uh, through through cash flow and, and leasing activities on existing buildings, as opposed to trying to create value through ground up development. It, you know, the other thing about that development cycle is you you know this, but it takes years to turn that into profit. Right? You've got to build, you've got to lease it, and um, you know that's a three to four year cycle. Um, to to get that all done, uh, once you once you do develop, and and I uh, I was wanting to get myself set up here for eventually, um, you know, <laughs> working a little less hard, Brian. And so, best way to do that was you know to to get into the business of investing in cash flow, cash flowing assets, as, work, a, as an as an owner, right? Work smarter, not harder, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe. There's, there's this thing called passive income that's really important in our business long term. So tell us a little bit about the product types that you're investing in at Interstate. Are you looking at uh, multifamily residential? What particular product types are you uh, pursuing? Yeah. So so we of the nine buildings we have under contract, um, seven of them are a collection. It's a, a one seller portfolio of some very high end retail properties in Edina. I'm, okay. I'm under contract agreement, but I'll just say there are any Dyna in that 50th and France district and some industrial buildings um, are part of that package in, in Minnetonka and Plymouth. And then we we also have a building under uh, under contract up in Roseville that we're trying to convert to life sciences. Um, and so that's an active uh, project we're working on uh, where we we would you know, we buy the building empty and and fill it with a tenant. And then um, we have another building we just put under contract where it will be industrial outdoor storage. It's called iOS in the business industrial outdoor storage product type. Mm-hmm. And, and that is uh, that is a big staple of what interstate does. There's a big, big demand for industrial buildings that have an outdoor yard or storage capability, outdoor storage. And you probably know this, the cities increasingly don't like that use. The tier one cities, <laughs> they're trying to upzone their land all the time and it's made that kind of scarce, those opportunities more scarce. And it drives up the rent. Um, so we like that product type because of the rent growth and kind of long-term stability of it in a in a scarce, more scarce market. Okay. And yeah. something that the market, there's demand for it. And oh yeah. Yeah, there's quite a bit of demand for that. You know, you think about just about every business probably has some form of equipment storage or a product type that, and it's much cheaper to have a yard, a big yard than to put it inside and store it and heat it and, and pay for the square footage of a building, right? It's just more expensive. Um, mm-hmm. So yard are a big deal. Um, we're also working on some ground up development. We broke ground uh, right about the time I joined the firm on 109 rental homes, a, a build for rent community in Woodbury. Mm-hmm. The claim. And so that we are just opening that community up now in, in June, we have our first homes delivered and being rented as we speak. Mm-hmm. So we're really, about that as a new initiative of the company is this build for rent business. And we are working on another development. I, I am working with a large industrial client to get them a new headquarters in the metro area here. And so we're we're pursuing a couple of large properties. Um, I don't know if you want to get into the details on that, but they're a 50 minimum 50 acre user. And so I'm working to, to secure a site and get their entitlements done. And as part as part of that, we may buy some extra land 
and do another rental, uh, a housing rental community and some spec industrial. And so kinds of things I'm working on and it's, it's challenging and fun. So, so you're talking about single family rentals there in, in Woodbury and yeah, at a claim. Yep. Yeah. What, uh, what can you tell us about that market now? And uh, is that something you see as uh, being a pretty strong market going forward? We really do. I think we're, we're you know, this first, the best way to say it is this is our first rental community. Um, so we're learning a great deal, but I think we've done well executing it to date. We're excited about it. Um, it's a time where, you know, home, homes are not getting built for sale homes. The, the inventory is way down interest rates are way up and they're going to only go up for a while here. So it makes it more likely that people will rent homes. It's a, it's a, we call it attainable housing is the word we're using, Brian. Mm -hmm. Affordable, but it's attainable. And if you're a family with a pet, you know, it's hard to rent in an apartment. Um, but our, our homes are ideal for you. And, and, um, and we like Woodbury because it's got great schools a great amenities, a great, it's a growing community. They project, they're projecting to add thousands of residents over the next few years. And so we feel like we're, we're right where we want to be there. And our, if we do another community in the near future, I predict it probably is in Egan. Mm -hmm. And there's some tracts of land in Egan we're working on. And um, we, we like the fact that Egan's got a lot of of, of jobs, right? A lot of people living in Egan are probably working in Bloomington, Egan area. And um, we think the community product type would work very well in that community as well. And the Vikings have been investing heavily in that Egan market with the uh, facilities out there and all the homes they're building, uh, the, the Wilson. So a lot yeah. of stuff happening there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things going on there and there's some, there's some big tracts of land in Egan. You probably, this public knowledge, but, um, you know, Unisys is intending to sell their property. Um, Delta, I think, is intending to sell their property. Both of them are over off of Pilot Knob Road near the center of Egan. Thompson Reuters has been trying to sell their property. And so, um, and, and, and I think um, others on top of that have been in the news. Blue Cross has been in the news about consolidating their footprint. So that will create some opportunities. And we think this build for rent uh, product type is is what's needed in the market. It's meeting a market demand uh, for people. Mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit about your time with United Properties. I believe you were there 18 years. Is that right? Yep. Uh, yes. And one of the big projects you worked on, I understand, was RBC Gateway. Yep. About a $450 million mixed-use building. Uh 37 stories or whatever it is. What was yeah. that like? Uh, what was it like working on that project? You know, that was, I would say that was the the, the, the largest individual project accomplishment of my career. Um, there was no question. It was very complicated, uh, very fun. Um, you know, I consider Jim Polat a, a personal friend. Um, you know, Jim was, of course, my my boss at United Properties and mm -hmm. and in a relationship with Jim. Um, and he helped me get that project done. I mean, that was really along with the team of people at United Properties, um, Jim, Jim and the Polad family enabled that project to get built. And I, I, I obviously was a key part of that as well, but it was just a, a significant accomplishment for the city, for the Polad family, and, and, and for me and United Properties, uh, me personally. So great project. I, I, you know, I don't think there's likely going to be another project quite like that built anytime soon, but 
And like I say, I think I think the outlook for that kind of development is not strong in the next few years. And unfortunately, that's just the market reality right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tougher. Um, I won't say too much about this. I am doing some consulting work on a few other things um, that I'm not ready to talk about yet, but they would be large scale developments. And um, I think it's, and I, I, I would say it like this, um, if they're going to get done, I, I feel like they'll need my expertise. Um, and um, my, I would say my sense of creativity and vision to get them done. And the question will be, can we attract the capital to get them done? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think that's the defining issue is capital right now does not like development. It's risky. Um, it doesn't deliver returns for several years. And so capital is moving towards buying existing. But there's there's going to be exceptions, Brian, where somebody's got a compelling development opportunity. And um, and I'm, I'm working on a few things like that, just not ready to talk about them yet. Okay, well, we'll stay tuned. Hopefully learn more about that in the future. and. Good luck. Next time, next time we talk, I hopefully have an exciting update on that one. Sounds good. What else can you uh, tell us about your time at United Properties and some of the projects you worked on there? Uh, we talked about RBC Gateway. Um, tell us yeah. a little bit more about that time. Yeah, you know, I think the accomplishments at, at UP were growing them meaningfully into the Denver market. That started in with my involvement in Denver back in 2011. And we really grew our Denver office there to be, uh, you know, one of the top developers in Denver. And then I, I, I was responsible for getting the company into Austin, Texas during the pandemic. Um, that was a challenging time in our business, but it was a good time to try to enter a new market. And so um, I do feel like I've left the company, um, you know, at a time where they, they're poised to continue to grow in those markets. So, you know, the, the I would say getting the company on firm footing to more of a national presence, Minneapolis, Denver, Austin um, was and recruiting great talent behind me. And I know they've got some, some people they've backfilled with for, for my role. They've broken it up a little bit. We don't need to get into that detail, but, but I've left, I think one of my legacies is recruiting some great talent into that organization. And I have no doubt they'll continue to do amazing things. um, Despite the fact that in the near term here, again, the development development just, is not working very well for the near future. Yeah, I wanted to touch on that because when we did your Power 30 profile back in December, I believe it was, you were asked about your, I guess, your outlook for the coming year. And um, you said that you expected it to be a soft market. Yeah. Uh, six months later, uh, as we had into the second half of 2023, has that outlook changed or what else has happened since then that has informed your opinion about the, uh, about the market uh, for commercial real estate? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's at least as worse as I predicted in December. I think it's really tough sledding, right? Interest rates are still rising mm-hmm. uh, are increasingly. Uh, I think, um, I think they're, I, I don't know any specifics. I would tell you my general sense is banks are starting to see, more issues in their existing commercial lending portfolios. And so that will make them less inclined to make new loans, right? It's just a chain of events. And so I think our our, our real estate industry, uh, particularly development pipelines, are going to have a reckoning here over the next year, year and a half, where 
you know, maybe they're not worth what they thought they were going to be worth when people started them, uh, which mean, and, and the lenders probably. So if the values are coming down, that means loans need to be resized and it can be a painful period of time in the business, Brian. And so um, I think there will be um, some stress on in the development, uh, in the developer world and in the lending world. And, and um, I think companies that have, that are not, too deep into the development game um, are poised to probably take advantage and do things uh, if they've got cash set aside and, 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 and or existing buildings, right? So that's the focus here is to do um, some very targeted development uh, mm-hmm. at Inter- um where we have customers behind us and um, also to buy existing buildings where we can get that cash flow going day one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I always like to talk to people about how they got into the line of work that they're in, whether they're teacher, lawyer, astronaut, whatever. Uh, what what got you into commercial real estate? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I, I graduated from college in 1989, University of Minnesota, and uh, my father was in real estate and mm-hmm. my grandpa. And my grandpa before him was in real estate. And I would say my grandpa is probably responsible for getting me interested in real estate. He, I managed some duplexes in Minneapolis that he owned. I did the property management, the leasing and the maintenance. Mm-hmm. And I like, I like that there was a variety of things to do in real estate. And so when I graduated from college, uh, my dad helped me with some contacts in the business. And I ended up working for Welsh, which is now Collier's as mm-hmm. a property and then, um, and that was a very tough time in the early nineties, but I, 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 what happened was I ended up having a great client, um, that's now called Thrivent. It was Lutheran Brotherhood right. and clients when I was at Welsh, they hired me in 94 to do asset management. So I kind of made the next step in my career. And then I started doing acquisitions for them in 95, 96, as the real estate market started to turn from a very depressed cycle to a, a rising market. And and then in 04, when Lutheran Brotherhood uh, merged with eight associations, my job was moved to Appleton, Wisconsin, and I didn't want to move to Appleton. And so I, I joined United Properties to become a development acquisitions person. And of course, um, the rest of that story has been written, right? I, mm-hmm. I, or I, I did a, I've done a lot of projects at UP, I think, over the course of my career, probably directly or indirectly, probably 50 or 60 development projects between here, Austin and Denver and all types, you know, commercial, senior housing, multifamily. Um, and that's helped me as I've made my transition to being an owner of a company now and doing it from my own account. I, I'm obviously versed in every product type and, and I've got some favorites. I, I really like retail um, mm-hmm. and I real uh, and, and uh, the housing thing. We, one of the four partners here, especially he's, he's actually located in San Francisco but he he focuses he's our primary housing guy and um and so uh we have a good mix of people here at interstate you know one of the things I'll, you'll laugh at this i had this at up too of course i grew to a, a great group of people behind me here at interstate i'm 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 the oldest partner it's nice having young partners they're all probably going to work longer than me and maybe a little harder than me <laughs> so yeah believe me i know what it's like to be the old guy in the room yeah but it's nice. I can bring that wisdom. You know, I can help with financial stability and um, opportunistic. And I, I think my vision, what, so, so back to your question, what got me into real estate was family interest. 
what kept me there was the ability to you to, to to you know financial acumen. I enjoy the math of the business. I enjoy the creativity of putting mm-hmm. deals. Um, and I enjoy the people. Great, right? You interact with people day in and day out. At Interstate here, we have like eighteen employees and growing. We're going to be looking for a new office here pretty soon because we're growing. And uh, and I enjoy working with a team of people. It's just it's it's a lot of fun. So, where exactly are you currently located? We're located in Eden Prairie, and um, we are we have our eyes on moving to a building in Edina. Okay. You mentioned retail there briefly as one of your favorites. What do you see as the future of retail now? You know, I like retail um, because I, I, I just generally, um, it interacts with people more than the other product, I'd say. You know, it's kind of a, a source of fun for people to go shopping. Mm-hmm. And um and, and in the right locations, I think it's it's very stable. Um, but I like it as a real estate class because not a lot of people are building retail, right? I mean, it's there's a lot of industrial and multifamily and getting built. Maybe not as much office now. That's going the other way. But retail hasn't had really any, hardly any new development in many many years. And you know, as we've out of the pandemic, I, I think the pattern you're seeing is people do want to get out and shop. They don't want to order. Um, they don't want to be limited to that life and yeah. they enjoy out or an afternoon out shopping and dining. And, and so I, I think it's just a, it's a lifestyle kind of product type. It's a product type that's probably undersupplied and probably is defensive in the sense that you're, you know, how do you create another 50th in France? You know, that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So buying real estate, in an established retail location is very, it's offensive, but it's also very defensive. Yeah. I think you make some good points there. People will always enjoy the experience of shopping. And if you need to buy clothes or shoes or whatever, you, you want to try stuff on, you don't want to necessarily do that stuff online and um, yeah. the right product in the right location. You know, yeah. So. Yep. Yep. And I, I would say of all the product types I've developed in my career, the least has been retail. And so I, one of the things I mentioned that I can't talk about yet uh, on the development side is working on something retail related. And so I'm going to see if I can do it. I'm not done challenging myself. And um, I hope hopefully later this year, there will be some significant things to talk about beyond what I've already talked about. So we'll see. All right. Well, good for you. Um well, we've covered a lot of ground there. You've been generous with your time, Bill. Um, anything else that you'd like to talk about before I let you go? I, I don't think so. Um, it's. Uh, I think we covered the market and uh, the outlook, which, I, again, it's, I, I, the only thing I would say is when will it turn, right? And that's anyone's guess, but I feel like it's going – the, the the theme in our business now is now is stay alive until 25. <laughs> and so I think it could be, uh, you know, kind of a bumpy 18 months here, but uh, the message from me would be, this is also a great opportunity um, to come in as a value add investor in the new platform. So very excited about it. And not everything I'm doing is probably power 30 esque in terms of news, <laughs> but there'll be some of that. I guarantee you that's coming. So, um, excited well it's interesting economic times we're living in because there is just another positive jobs report today and people are still hiring and on the other hand there's 
fears of a recession and you know the, the the lending situation you talked about and so it's it's complicated but you know it, it, very much like a reckoning is coming and i don't want to make predictions about that but i i, I think you know I, I we can't continue to have rising interest rates forever without consequences right right and inflation has not shown probably enough signs of abating um, and so that, that's got everyone a little bit nervous. There's just no question it's a time of greater uncertainty. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Well, Bill, thanks again for your time. It's been great visiting with you. Um, good Thank luck, you, and uh, let's stay in touch. Yeah, I'd love to talk to you again before the year is out if the opportunity comes up. Sounds good. Thank you. Take care. Take Have care. a good day. You too. Bye.